Welcome to Air Yards. I'm your co-host, Pavel Rosman, with Brandon and Ethan. I'm back on the pod. Um, so, you know, I had a whole year missing the opportunity to slander the other two. Um, the pod is going to get a lot louder. <laughs> um, uh, still an Eagles fan, um, but my greased pole days uh, are over. Um, something really serious happened, uh, and, uh, we're just not going to talk about that for now, for a while. Um, but I had to take some time off, and, uh, now I'm back. And, but, you know, we don't need to harp on that, because we just saw week one, and that is so much more important. Welcome back! Yeah! Look at that, we're a full, <laughs> we're a full group again. It, we're a trio, three musketeers. Um, you know, three wide receivers. I get that that like you know you had a serious <laughs> amount of fun there, but it doesn't mean yeah, you need to leave us know, stranded, buddy. Iguanas, parrots. Did you discover a new species? <laughs> no. Uh, I think I was pretty clear about we should talk about week one. Here we are. <laughs> All right. Um, do we want to do life updates? Do we want to talk about football? Um. You know what? It's been a couple of weeks since we've actually done this. Let's let's talk about some life stuff. Why not? All right. Well, uh, you shout so. I shout. Like you know, like tell us your story. Tell your story. Oh, okay, that that has to be a, a okay. That's an Irish thing I didn't get. Silly me. Um, not a whole lot going on in my world. Um, work is starting to ramp up. I fucked up my thumb again at practice this weekend, so that's great. Um, a practice of what, just for the, to remind the listeners? I play a fake sport. It's called Quidditch. <laughs> um, but you know what? I somehow seem to get very real injuries about once a year. I've broken my thumb twice, and hopefully it's not broken again. Torn so. his ACL, uh, which in kind of a backwards way, um, because of your ACL being torn, uh, I got into Game of Thrones. So, silver lining. Is that how that worked? Yeah, because you were at home in the winter. And, you know, that little machine thing was stretching uh, out. Oh, yeah, we were watching Game of Thrones, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with you, the last two seasons were trash. So <laughs> I, I was saving my reservations of everything until the end. Yeah, it, it's, the seasons one through six are great. The rest is garbage. I was thinking the other day, you know, because of the way it ended, I don't think that, I mean, even right now, nobody really talks about it, which is interesting. Well, it's also like, what is there to talk about? It's over. <laughs> I mean, people still talk happening. about Breaking Bad and Sopranos and Friends. People they they never talk about it in the context of great shows that happened and like. Well, yeah, right. Because there's a finale. They don't need to talk about. Oh, what happened? Like it happened. Um, right. Yeah, like give Ted it ended up marrying Robin. Well, no, he didn't. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, well, he married her and then she <laughs> died and then he got with Robin. Uh, that was not Robin. That was Tracy. No, but Tra- okay, Tracy died. Yeah, goof. Some goofball in a hat. Yeah, I know that he didn't marry Robin. He just brought her the fucking French horn again at the end. All things were. I think that was like we're good. Uh, oh, pretty obvious. Died. That's kind of grim. They did not yeah. get married. <laughs> it, it was not overt enough. Not gonna lie. All right. How's your life, Ethan? Um, it is, uh, fine. Actually, since we last recorded, I went on a little mini holiday to Edinburgh, Ugh. 
made a big kind of they have this fringe festival where it's like a big comedy festival there's lots going on that was pretty good but uh, other than that I'm settling in for football season a nice cold Irish winter and I am very very proud to announce our first sponsor this week's episode is brought to you by uh, Aldi Free Range Eggs and the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Don't uh, hurt them before they yes. hatch. Mm. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, Edinburgh is uh, wonderful. Really, really is. Is there once? And I. Uh, oh, you were there as well. Yeah, it's a gorgeous. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even get to go to the fringe. So. That's, uh, I can't imagine how much better that would be. Um, I also, uh, have a life update, but nobody cares, it sounds. Um, one that I think concerns for the two of you guys, uh, at the end of September, um, Brandon is going to be, uh, watching the Packers lose, uh, at Lambeau to the Eagles, uh, on their way to a 19-0 season. Uh, and I get to come with, so that's that'll be really, really exciting. And then um, I think a, a week later, um, flying across the pond to see some of my old friends, and um, I'm going to slander Ethan just as much. Uh, yeah, in person, literally me included, so we'll get a, maybe an Air Yards Live going, uh, Air Yards Guinness Field Edition. <laughs> I don't know, we've, we've, we've workshop some ideas. We should definitely put on the Instagram photos of, of Lambeau and uh, the square ball and stuff like that. Yeah, all the kind of hubs of football throughout the world. Yeah, it'll be great to see us together again. I'm going to save my slandering of that until later in the podcast. <laughs> then I'll just tear you apart later. All right, well, before we get to that, we've got week one. Yeah, who wants to, uh, well, we talk about maybe the game of the week for first, which I would say was the uh, first Monday night game. We had two, which we, the second was kind of irrelevant, but uh, first one, we had the Texans at the Saints. All right, let's get let's start out. Most of this week was irrelevant. Like, week one this year was largely a dud. This was the only game, I think... They were kind of predictable. I wouldn't say predictable. I would just kind of say, like, it you was, knew that the Giants were losing. Yeah, I mean, the, the I Giants always lose. <laughs> I thought the uh, Chiefs Jags game was at least exciting until something happened, and then it was like, oh, there we go. Then it wasn't that fun anymore. This was a good game all the way from opening kickoff to last kick. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone figured, and even you know, the betting line said that the Saints were probably going to win. But when you were watching it, you were like this could really go either way and it was really exciting to see two teams you know maybe playing great offensive football you know less about the defense the better but this was two teams that are in and around contention kind of going for a week one so it was you know they kind of you get that feeling that football's back and you're watching an exciting game two great teams who's gonna win it was really the kind of curtain raiser i feel yeah just this would have been a much better uh thursday game than what we got yeah, the, the absolute shit show that that was. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, God, it was the last minute. I think just made everything with Deshaun having to take that whole team down the field with no timeouts. Like you know, this is kind of not his first big comeback moment, but 
I mean, like you're playing uh, uh, that game. The the score, the the leading, uh, changed twice in thirty seven. Right, seconds. exactly. How could it not be more exciting? It was crazy. Oh my god! And then the Saints, like, are they had the uh, the game in hand, or sort of like it was tied, and they fucked up the extra point on a missed extra point. Like, how do you? Call? Oh my god! They ran into the kicker. Oh, that's a foul! Yeah, this is. You, you couldn't make it out between you know the kicking mishaps and then being able to kind of drive down the field with no time left and somehow you think okay they have like 30 seconds we're out of here we're fine but 30 seconds is too much time to give Drew Brees I think it was what 74 yards in 14 seconds I mean that's practically a Hail Mary that's basically just one run well, Drew Brees didn't go yards. that they didn't go that far I think they made it to like the 40 or something no no like no, no, no sorry I was talking about Deshaun the oh, two passes yeah. no it's nuts absolutely incredible but like to the te- like the Texans knew they had like it was like they had six seconds left and they needed like seven yards to make it like a makeable field goal why are you sitting back seven yards off the line of scrimmage and giving them that space? Like, yeah, as I mean, a defense, that that just has to get cut, right? You'd hope so. I I just think that, and that's like you need. That's where I think the good teams are separated from the great teams. In that, good teams make that mistake. Great teams with great head coaches know not to give up those yards. If that makes sense. Like Bill O'Brien. Like he was kind of he's known for maybe not being this elite level coach. He has you know, some success, I'll give him that. But when it comes down to the kind of finer moments of games, where it's clock management, giving up X amount of yards, but making sure they don't get the yards they need, he's kind of fallen short. There's a few coaches like that, and I think this is another example of maybe where the Texans have their limitations. You know, their roster talent's great, whatever, but you can't have your coach shoot you in the foot. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if this is directly a result of the game or if this was kind of, you know, a culmination of a couple of different things, but the Texans did release Aaron Colvin, like, immediately following, and he was, like, one year into a four-year, like, $36 million contract, so he, they've got, like, a couple million of dead cap to eat just for this year, and they already paid him, like, $7 million. So that's uh, pretty ruthless. Yeah, uh not not good for a team that has zero first round picks and one second round pick for the next 2 years. They're kind of fucked. Yeah, they you know, I look, I don't want to spend all day on them, but if you're giving up the farm for a uh, Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills, you're really fucking backing yourself into a corner. You better win the first game. Uh Tunsil is getting cooked. I don't know, some, like, elite O-line player. Like, Tunsil is a good player, don't get me wrong, but upgrading your left tackle when the rest of your line is still dog shit isn't going to kind of make your season. I think I saw, um, what's it called, Cam Jordan, and, and there was some point that I thought, you know, oh, wait, that's Laramie Tunsil. Like, that's the guy who's covering him right now? Okay. Okay, got it. Like I, I totally in Laramie Tunsil's defense, he he was literally let there less than a week. Like oh, that's it, fair. That's fair. Yeah, he's not the best left tackle in the NFL, but if you got a week on the job and then just say go block Cam Jordan, it's kind of like I'll do my best. <laughs> do yes. better. Yes. Um, 
That's one yeah. way to put it. Uh, will we skip on now to one of our teams? Let's 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 jump all. Well, I was gonna say let's jump back to the beginning of the week. Yeah. So do you want to go with uh your Packers in the opener? I uh, yeah. There's not really a whole lot that needs to be said about the opener that I can't really think that anyone else hasn't already said. It was largely a gigantic turd of a of an opening night. One touchdown, 13 points total. Um, th- so we basically watched the Super Bowl, but with different teams. Uh, and less offense. It's somehow. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Um, not great. I, I was happy as a Packers fan that the defense actually showed up. Um, you kind of knew going into the game with Aaron not having played the whole preseason and a new head coach and a new scheme that the offense was going to kind of sputter. Like it, it would have been a miracle if they came out and actually did anything on offense more than they already did, especially against the Bears defense. But the fact that their defense just completely shut down the entire Bears offense, I think is the biggest story coming out of this. Totally. They had a really, really strong defense then and obviously, you know, that's what we're looking forward to. Um which is it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, I came out, I think, with, like, three main takeaways, I guess, for me. It was that the Packers' defense was, you know, kind of for real, really. They really, you know, set on a marker. Allen Robinson looks totally back from his ACL a couple of years ago. Sometimes it's maybe a two-year injury. Ooh, yeah, agreed. But, you know, That's he looked point. as bad as, you know, they, they kind of did struggle on offense, but he looked like he's ready to come and play this year. Um, But finally, just that Mitch Trubisky again... You know, early days, it's long season, whatever, but he's just one of those players that if you're down more than a field goal with, like, you know, four or five minutes left, you just don't have any faith in him to kind of claw you back into the game, unlike a Deshaun Watson or that type of quarterback. I'm looking now at the at the defense, right? Uh, other than Tremont Williams, uh, the oldest person on their defense is 27. Like, they've got a lot of really, really young guys, and um, he just turned 27. Uh, I think that's what, Z? Is it Darius? Uh, Rashawn Gary's 21, and uh, I think that's the only, there's a couple 22s. But yeah, you know, they've, they've played really, really well. And then to think, oh, you know, you're going to have this defense probably for two, three, maybe four years. Um, well, that's the hope. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's awesome. We've been bad for a while. We, I think it really. I think we're finally taking a cue from the Vikings, uh, the Eagles, especially, where you just bring in a bunch of guys who are young and impactful, and then you finally sign free agents that are going to make a difference, and you hope that it finally works out. And that's part of the problem with drafting and developing. Only is that you constantly have these young guys and no real proven talent outside of ones that maybe squeak through. I mean, so, if you look at their rookies. I mean, which is, you know, probably from the draft and then, I know, a handful, uh, you know, from a practice squad. Uh, you've got one, two, three, four, five, just on defense. You know, they really invested in that. Yeah. So, it's going to be big going forward. Um, big test against the Vikings next week, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Should we move on to... I was- are going to go from a, a <laughs> shit game to a team basically just kind of shitting all over themselves. Uh, the Cleveland yep. Browns against the Titans. Hold on, guys. Um, I'm going to adjust my watch. 
<laughs> Bad joke. Bad no, joke. not your finest, but uh, this game was, you know, I mean, we were all kind of on the Browns train, but also wary of the hype because it just gotten to, you know, insane levels really over the off season with, you know, the talent they had and what they were going to do this year and whatever. And the one thing with the Titans, although they are in like not exactly fun to watch, they're not a sexy team, they're always in games and they hang around and they play tough and you know, they just kind of came into Cleveland and smacked the Browns in the mouth, really. You know, like it was just all this hype for Marcus Mariota to run all over them. They gave up, I think it was like 180 yards and penalties, which is, you know, maybe to do with the roster turnover, I don't know, but for the season opener, it was really a bit of a fucking damp squib. I think for me, the point where the hype became too much and it was just like, all right, this needs to, like when they, so they had that interview with Demarius Randall that they kept throwing out there where he was trying to hype the team up and saying like the Packers traded me for fucking Deshaun Kaiser, which I agree was a shit trade, but like he, the things he was saying in there was just trying to say that they're going to fucking steamroll everybody and it was like that's where I think that was the straw where everything else the rest of the offseason just built up, built up. And this guy who has been a good, not great player is coming in saying that they're going to roll over everybody. Like, all right, chill out. <laughs> I know that it's been a single game, game, but uh, if you had to pick between these two options, which is more uh, truthful? Uh, the Browns are the 2011 Eagles dream team. Or the Titans may be going to the playoffs behind my guy, Derrick Henry. The Titan, I think it's yeah, the Titans. Yeah, I mean, I, be, just because of the way, you know, the Andrew Luck retirement or whatever, if there's a world where they, you know, they're always around 8-8, eight and eight, so if they can pick up another win or two and end up 9-7 and seven, or someone get to 10-6, to six, you know, Mariota maybe f- figures things out in his, what, fifth year. They're, you know, it's not out of the question that they are a good football team i wouldn't have any faith in them making a playoff run but that's you know i wouldn't say they can't make the playoffs right off the bat yeah and kind of argued the converse side of that it's been one game <laughs> like we can't we can't count the browns as you know this year's dream team until they put some more you know games on the paper if they continue to kind of shit the bed here then yeah, we're definitely going to have to start talking about comparisons. But until that point happens, I think more than anything, this might humble the team and will maybe kind of set them back on the right track. And if it doesn't, then we are talking dream team. Apparently he says that he's going to continue wearing the watch. So I really respect that. That has nothing to do with this. <laughs> I'm kind of excited. I think that was a good non sequitur For someone, you know, like Akib Tlaib used to kind of steal chains from like a crab tree. I want yes, I want yes. someone to try and rob Odell's ch- uh, watch. <laughs> I also want to see like how out of control this starts happening. Um, you know, uh, is somebody going to be putting like a cell phone in their helmet? Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like how far is this going to go? Yeah, can I get some you know like Swarovski crystals like in my visor? Like you know that's I I mean. <laughs> Who knows? It's all going to be kind of element of like one-upmanship as well. You know that's why they the kind of weird pre-game cleats or whatever. It's just more ways. Which has to be my dumbest thing that ever. Happened. It's about the stupid. I gotta say, it's the stupidest thing in sports. 
yeah, oh, look, look at my, you know, gold-plated, diamond-encrusted pregame cleats I'm going to wear for, you know, maybe doing, like, a couple uh, jumping jacks and uh, catch a pass or two. And then we're going to yeah. go and change. But you'll you, you <laughs> catch it on Bleacher Report tonight. Like, fuck you. I wonder how much of those are, like, sponsorships. Uh, I'm imagining that $195,000 watch uh, does not need Odell to sponsor them. I'm sure they'll do fine. But, you know, like Bose headphones or stuff like that, you know, I think some of those could be sponsorships. I mean, it's still dumb. Okay, it's but the headphones dumb. are functional on the field or in practicing. Okay, it is still like, dumb. I, I won't argue that. Just a question. No, I think the watch is... It, it's going to be interesting if they start flagging him for it. That's like a prop. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit, because I could have an in-game. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, Pavel, do you want to talk about the uh, bird? Thank you, guys. appreciate that. Um... Yeah, uh, does anybody remember, I don't know, there was this GIF, uh, this guy, some football team. GIF. Um, and, uh, <laughs> what does he say? Yeah, they had us the first half, I'm not gonna lie. They had us. We weren't defeated, but they had us. In the first half, they really had us. <laughs> um, the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles official uh, Twitter account put that up after the game, which is hilarious. They're, you know, so... So open, yeah. Yeah, shit. We were uh, we were down by seventeen at one point. Um, to who? Uh, the Washington team. The Deadskins. Yep. He that them of many starting quarterbacks. Yeah, no. I mean, not a super good team. Um, I think you know the, the <laughs> primarily not a super good team. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the primarily. The main problems were, uh, just to me, seems rust, you know. Um, uh, for whatever reason, the Eagles almost never start um, starters in the preseason. Uh, you know, somebody like Malcolm Jenkins said, hey, like, I want to play. I think um, Jason Peters also said, hey, I want to. But uh, the rest of the 53 probably just chilled out for a while. Um, not the 53, I guess the 22. but uh, and, and then, you know, after they kind of shook off the rust, back to MVP QB and, uh, slinging, um, I think for, for everybody who saw that game or the highlights, uh, nothing, nothing invigorates you more than seeing Deshaun Jackson back in the green, scoring two deep bombs to start the season. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I I will just say that there are certain players that when you see them in a team's jersey or back in a team's jersey, it just feels right. And uh, Deshaun is definitely one of those players that just to see him back in the Eagles, you know, colors, taking the top off defense, it just feels like the way things are meant to be. Yeah, I feel like I can picture that 2010 punt return. Just like, oh yeah, that's what that looked like. Like, it just felt like nothing, no time passed. There was no Redskins stop. There was no Buccaneers stop. It's just like he disappeared for, like, six years. Yeah, it's like when you go, like, away on holiday and you finally get to, like, kind of get home back into your own bed again. It's just, you know, yeah. like, kind of comforting almost. The unfortunate part of all that, you know, comeback of 20, 
1280. Uh, LaShawn McCoy signed by uh, the Chiefs, who is coached by Andy Reid. So some part of that LeSean circle McCoy has... Right now. No, no, I don't. I mean, Jay Ajayi is still a free agent, you know? So uh, running backs seem to be kind of disposable, uh, and I think this would be a wonderful segue to the Chargers. Yeah, speaking of uh, disposable running backs... um. Sorry, Melvin, you're not getting the money you want. Uh, so the Chargers played the Colts, who, you know, found out like two weeks before the season started, oh, your franchise quarterback's not coming back, he's retiring. So uh, in fairness to them, they played well. And being honest, the Colts did everything they could to not win that game. Whether it was 46-year-old Adam Vinatieri finally aging out of the NFL or, <laughs> you know, they had a couple things where touchdowns got pulled back and whatever. So, but I think it also goes the other way that the Chargers team of two years ago would have lost that game, you know, in a tight game where things maybe kind of go their way. Then they like muff a couple of punts and they're on the ropes again. That's the game they blow. But, you know, maybe now kind of under Anthony Lynn with this bit of confidence for making the playoffs last year, they have the, you know, the kind of focus and determination that when things get a bit tough for them, they still lock in and can get the job done. So that was nice to see um, Austin Eckler kind of picking up where Melvin Gordon left off. He scored three touchdowns. He was just electric. Justin Jackson also had 50 yards on five carries, I think, so... Not a great advertisement for running backs that hold out and don't get paid, but that's also the kind of the way the league's trending. You know, they offered him an extension, but he just wants mm-hmm. you know Ezekiel Elliott money when he's not Ezekiel Elliott. But going forward, I'd be worried about the offensive line. But again, it's kind of one of those. It was week one. You wait and see, really. It was uh, it was the witch an hour. Did you guys see that video? I think he's the, the Mets uh, commentary, and maybe he does it for the Giants, too. It was funny, he said, it's the witching hour. Um, oh, you know, maybe, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, the last, whatever, uh, four minutes of a game, you know, really decides a bunch of things, so it's even hard to say in your first week, like you said, right? You know? Yeah. Did some team just you know, survive the, the witching hour, or, you know, when you look in week seven or week 10, it's like, no, like, the Giants were losing consistently. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I will say was, uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw the uh, pick Malik Hooker had in the end zone was just... Oh my god, know, it was Oh, yes! Top drawer play. That's the kind of, you know, things that when you're finally on your first red zone Sunday of the year and that pops up, you're like, yeah, we're back. Oh, I did see that one live. One of the few things I did see live this weekend. So, pretty pumped. Yeah, like, I couldn't even be mad. I was like, you know, it sucks, but that's just such a great play that, you know, I if you're, if you're losing or, you know, kind of suffering to your detriment to a great play, you have to kind of put your hands up at the end of the day. I don't know that uh, it got enough attention. Like, in my mind, uh, that's like Obel, <laughs> Odell level of sicko. Uh, I don't think it was quite that good, but uh, I think I also think when you don't win the game, no, you know, no one remembers your great plays if you lose. 
Right, you don't save the touchdown. Or, yeah, I mean, because it is like an offensive thing. I just thought, like, holy hell. <laughs> Snag. Okay, well, we move on to uh, some news pretty quickly, or just some general league discussion. Uh, the I guess the biggest talking point around the league for the last two weeks has been this Antonio Brown saga. So, if anyone that hasn't seen, he is currently a Patriot. Not a Raider. He is currently wearing uh, his old helmet. No, he's wearing his new helmet. Uh, I will uh, dispute that with the following really? tweet. Oh, yeah, what? Let me find it. I, our last couple of pods, we you know discussed Antonio Brown, and we got a bit heated in criticizing him, and we're, you know, were frankly just fed up of his shit. Uh, I'm still there. You know, I'm. The longer this goes on, I just but you want to be about football. It's all, you know, it's kind of all well and good. He's got these different things going on. You know, the Raiders wanted to release him. He wasn't happy if he was treated. They took away his guaranteed money, blah, 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 blah. Like, I just want to see what happens in the field. I'm not here now that football's actually started. I don't want the semantics. I don't want the contract shit. I want to see what happens on a Sunday. Yeah, here's a bunch of Photos, people who took, uh, I don't even know where they got him, maybe ESPN. Uh, he was also wearing number one at the practice, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a bad advertisement for CTE, uh, but the, the one thing I will say that on Sunday we saw the Pats just demolish the Steelers, who people kind of thought were going to maybe have a bit of a bounce back year, or at least still be... You know, a good AFC team, but you know they just were decimated. And if you're gonna add Antonio Brown to that offense, it's just uh, good luck. I even saw the Pats zero odds were cut from seven to one to four to one once they signed him. So that's all you really need to know. Yeah, uh, there's not. Yeah, there's not much that needs to be said. Yeah. Everybody really. else has already been watching on ESPN. Yeah, we'll just uh, move swiftly onwards. Oh, John just mentioned a couple of injuries, I guess, that kind of happened week one. Yeah. They're going to go on yeah, for... Go one of the... So we have um, Nick Foles, Jaguars quarterback, ex-Philly uh, legend, their only Super Bowl quarterback. He uh, broke his clavicle, so I think... I don't know what the timeline that is. is about like eight to ten weeks, probably. He's on IR until week eleven, and then they can hold him for a minute or or start him if he's ready. Yeah, so I feel like it's the um, best part of the year, similar to Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago. Uh, with the first time or the second? First time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, clarifying. Um, in that same game, Tyreek Hill actually went on as well with some sort of. Shoulder sternum issue, Ambry. Yeah, he got like rushed to hospital. They didn't really know what was wrong with him. But so the, I mean, this is the same injury that a, a receiver on the Packers had last year. Basically, the collarbone is like at risk of poking out the front or the back of his chest. Essentially, okay, we can go on. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically they just need to kind of get it stabilized and re-strengthen the muscles in the area. Oh, not good, okay. but not season-ending. Yeah, I mean, they said it's going to be out for, you know, maybe a few weeks, so I don't know if that's six. I don't know if that's ten. I guess 
Sammy Watkins owners rejoicing. Yeah, we will see. They didn't seem to struggle without him. You know, they kind of didn't really miss a beat. They just put Sammy Watkins in his position and they got on all right. Uh, obviously, against maybe tougher tests, they'll miss him. Obviously, he's one of the best receivers in the league. But Jags pass defense is probably a pretty good test. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like they haven't been as good. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, for all his talk, probably wasn't at his best last year. Miles Jack got, you know, kind of ejected for trying to fight someone, and then when he got ejected, tried to fight his own, you know, staff member who's trying to escort him off the field. So, oh, give it to me, I love it. I don't it. know what's going on in Jackson. Also, something that kind of, you know, Florida man water. Who knows? Uh, yeah, for real. My, we're back to bath salts. <laughs> my beloved Hunter Henry is again injured. Um. He's got, like, what, like, a knee fracture or bruise or whatever. I feel kind of bad for him because, you know, he misses a year, comes back, gets hurt first game. I'm also, like, kind of over it. I mean, if he's not going to play, that sucks, but if he didn't play... You're kind of... Chalk one up for the Chargers. They just can't stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, you just join the list. I'd rather have Derwin James and Russell Okun. Like, you know, he's really not top of my kind of list of worries uh i don't think talking about another sorry you want to no go? i'm just i don't think i can remember anyone else any other big injuries darius guys is hurt again but like what else is new uh, uh malik jackson uh malik. eagles defensive tackle uh carted off and uh haven't really told us what what his injury is but a lot of people are speculating that he'll be Missing the remainder of 2019, oh, so that that's not super um, great. Oh, I give one uh, more. Jonathan Abrams, the uh, yeah, one of the first round picks out of the Raiders. He was kind of prominent on Hard Knocks. He um, you know, said salmon, not salmon. Oh uh, yeah. My bad, jog your memory. <laughs> He's also done for the year. He uh, the torn labrum and rotator cuff. Ouch. Which is yeah, that's that's no, good thing. He's not a quarterback. Um, when I saw that this morning, I was like, oh my god, I lost Josh Jacobs. That is not the case. <laughs> I was just really tired and was not paying attention. No, you'll be alright. Is is Keelan Doss still there? He's on he the is. Jags. No, the, the Raiders re-signed him to the active roster after this whole Antonio Brown crap. Oh, really? I heard that he used yeah. that to get the Jags to pay him more money. Or did he eventually go back? I think he eventually went back. Let me see. Uh, so I'm on. I'm on the New York Post. Says Raiders desperate to bring back Keelan Doss from the Jaguars. Posted two days ago. So it sounds like he might still be with the Jags. But the Raiders. Oh yeah, ninth of September, him. where he fits in the depth chart. I mean, I so I guess. Oh yeah, I guess they brought him back, but they actually had to like pay him a full year's salary. I mean, good for Keelan Doss. Yeah, they, he got like all of it up front. <laughs> Good for him. Which is just nuts. It's like a practice squad guy to get your full year's salary right away. Yeah, well, get your money. And I, yeah. he's an Oakland so. kid, so I, you know, we saw in Hard Knocks, he kind of loved being around the team, so happy for him, I suppose. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, no other real big news to probably talk about. Uh, week two. Let's uh, so we're going to do something a little different from last week. Or not even, yeah, even last week. Last year, uh, we went over all the games. That got a little tiring, and quite frankly, we don't want to talk about the Dolphins ever again. So, (laughs) 
we are just going to talk about kind of the top two to three big games that we see on top of the three teams that we are a part of because this is a fan podcast and we're going to talk about our teams no matter what. So suck it. Um, with that, I guess do you want me to start talk, because I yeah. feel like the Chargers game is the worst we have to talk about. Sure. Oh, one more thing. We will still be keeping around our lock and upset. Uh, we're going to change it up just a little bit, though. We are going to do only the games that we talk about. So, like, the five or six games that we're previewing for the next week, those are what we're going to pick from for our lock upset. Just kind of shorten the pool, be a little bit more competitive. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so I guess with that, um, we will. I'll go with about the Chargers. So, they travel to the Detroit Lions, who somehow let Kyler Murray on his first NFL start back into the game. They had a few offensive issues. I think there was one point where Stafford said to his OC, you know, trust me, I'll make a play. And they called a timeout and gave him a play. It was the most Detroit thing I think that could have happened. Like, it was just, oh my god, it was cringing. That's yeah, I, so know, like, I know I think I'm higher on Matt Stafford than most people, but also he's not as if he's some second-year player who's you know, kind of touch and go. Like He's a good NFL quarterback. If he's turning around to you to say, trust me, I think I'm going to let him roll with it. Yeah, I mean, I think the crazy, like, they picked it up, too. On the play that they called the timeout, and then, like, they picked up the first down. That would have ended the game. And then, you know, they call a timeout, come out, and just fucking throw it deep down the field for god knows what reason yeah who knows uh so really i'd have kind of good faith in the chargers going to them the one thing i'll say is that the detroit maybe you know front seven's pretty strong it's one place they're you know i would say maybe probably above league average so if you, uh, i don't know about that uh, what's the line two and a half uh, yeah, two, no yeah yeah I, I was just thinking well answer this to me are we uh making whatever picks based on uh, the odds. What do you mean, the odds? Are we just saying straight up, Green Bay is a better team, they're going to win next week? Or are we talking we're, about... We're looking at the line. Okay, I mean, it could be the offensive line, the defensive line, the Las Vegas line. All right. <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here, honestly, like, my, my head hurts. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go off the, like, handicap line. Yes. How many points is the other team going to spot them before the game starts? Yeah, so, anyway, um, uh, three, two, one. So, I do think the Detroit line is probably above average in their front seven. So, you know, like, on the defensive side, so if you have that versus the Chargers' shaky offensive line, you know, this may be a kind of slight cause of concern, but realistically, if the Chargers have any Super Bowl aspirations or, you know, to be anywhere near contending status, you probably have to clean up against Detroit, realistically. Uh, I'd counter that the Lions' defensive front is formidable. I'd say it's, at best, league average. Um, I, I don't think that the Chargers will have a problem handling them. Um, I, I, I think actually the whole team is at best league average. So right now the, the line is two and a half. I, I mean, I'm not going to, you know what, screw it. I am going to take this. The Chargers should take that easily. Yeah, it's, it's an easy, easy, easy. My luck. This is one that I'm going to actually you know, put proper money on. I have been 
bet week one was pretty well. Uh, I can't see them winning by less than a field goal. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, so I don't know. Do you want to talk about one of your teams, or we do Pittsburgh, Seattle? Um, we can talk about Green Bay, Minnesota. So Packers home opener uh, against Minnesota. So again, second year in a row they face the Vikings in Week Two. A little bit different storyline this time. Aaron Rodgers isn't hurt, and uh, they actually have a defense. So this unfortunately could be another game like week one where it's two fairly impressive defenses and two offenses that are looking to run the ball with quarterbacks that are known for throwing. This could get lights out with, with the quarterbacks throwing the ball, or it could get really boring either way. I'm not sure what to think of this game. Yeah. I don't know what to think as well. Just given that you'd imagine Packers favorites at home and whatever, but, you know, the Vikings did just light up the Falcons. You know, we, however you regard the Falcons, obviously it will kind of skew you how you think about that result, but they really did just sort of steamroll them, so I'm not sure. Anyway, this is one of those games that I love because you'll know a lot more about both teams afterwards. Oh, agreed. I'm just not touching the betting line at all. Like this, three points is yeah. Well, I mean, three points means that it's too close. On a it's a coin field, toss. It'll be a coin toss. So that's right. Yeah, you know, that's which is crazy that the, they're only giving the Chargers two and a half. Just kind of moving back to that one. Yeah, but I feel like as an away team, it's a bit different. But I know what you're saying. Like okay. Anyhow, you don't, you don't um, really get like a three point home bump. So I feel like if that's in neutral field, it's Chargers minus five and a half. Sure. I, I don't I just I don't feel comfortable with this game. I, I think I won't feel comfortable betting on the Packers until maybe week four. I'm waiting for Wait. Pavel to bet on the Vikings here just to rile you up. I wouldn't, <laughs> honest to God, I wouldn't disbelieve it. No, you got to always bet against your team because you'll you'll be happy at the end of it either way. I don't know if that's a smart way to do things. I mean, I do know people that kind of go by that school of thought and fair play to them. It doesn't work for me, but I can see the merits. Uh, Okay, we'll do Pittsburgh-Seattle. So both teams, you know, kind of traditionally quite good. Although Seattle picked up a win, both were kind of letdowns, I feel like, in week one. The Steelers obviously got demolished by New England, but Seattle playing a Bengals team who are missing, you know, three or four key players. Joe Mixon missed half the game and really barely got over the line. I am of the opinion that uh, the Steelers are, are trash. I don't know why people are still talking about them being a good team. Um, you know, definitely over the hill. Uh, but I don't think that Seattle's done. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson can consistently has some sort of wacko game and you know doesn't deserve to win but absolutely lights it up um i you know i don't know they're gonna be winning by 40 uh but i I can't understand at all uh the Steelers uh winning much less the line yeah i'm gonna take actually seattle as my upset pick at a seattle plus four um i you know i don't know if they're definitely gonna win but i think this would be a kind of tightly contested game just because the way Seattle play I feel like they don't light teams up but also teams don't get away from them either way 
and Pittsburgh looked like they'd never played together before on Sunday. So I don't know if they like you know skipped training camp. Fuck knows, but uh, they didn't exactly inspire any confidence. They looked like a team that got really shook by the fact that AB went to the Patriots and then just phoned it in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, the other non-homer game of the week, uh, we've got, what is it? Rams. LA Rams, New Orleans Saints. So uh, probably what should be one of the best games of the week, if not the year. Well, this is the revenge game. Honestly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, the so. Ruby Coleman revenge game, you know, this was another story of the offseason, how the Saints basically campaigned and complained and got the uh, PI challenge rule. They threw a parade for themselves in case they would have won. Uh, they filed multiple lawsuits in federal district court. Um, I have never seen, I mean, uh, the, the fail... Mary was was really harsh, and Green Bay didn't like that. But they weren't throwing a parade, you know. <laughs> like this is a a new level of uh, anger, uh, feeling being cheated. I mean, have some respect at the end of the day, uh, like a bit of dignity. Uh, I think wouldn't uh, hurt. Two, okay, so w- one thing against the the stakes were a little bit different, if that makes sense. Um, this was. A big playoff game. This is the conference championship versus just I think like a week three or four regular season game. Also, the fail Mary got the real refs back, so I wouldn't say it was a complete uh, undertone. Like it was just it wasn't swept under the rug. Yeah, <laughs> still one of the worst calls in history. That's true, but I do think I think I draw the line at like a fake parade. Right. No, I I would as well, but I'm just like I guess I get it. Um, I'm more interested to see the actual impact of this PI rule, because yeah, it's really subjective. I have no idea how anybody's going to be able to, you know, say with enough confidence, you know, hey, this happened that way, and then I don't know how that you follow that uh, precedence. Yeah, well, it, it has year, to be but... clear and obvious. I think which what the rule says, which is fine, but a lot of times PI is PI, but it's not. You know, I you could. It's not clear and obvious in that you could make a case. It might not be. Although, you know, if you're at a bar, 85% of people say it is. Yeah, I imagine calling calling a penalty and saying, yes, it was a PI, but because it wasn't clear, it was just like kind of a secret PI. We can't call that. (laughs) (laughs) It has to be clear and obvious. You can't get a a sneaky, a maybe. Yeah, I mean, we maybe we'll see that kind of, you know, the rule maybe slightly massaged or bent throughout the year if it isn't really kind of fit for purpose. But um, I think more so... Kind of like the, uh, what is it, roughing the passer rule from last year, the emphasis? Yeah, so like the first like three weeks sucked, and then since then it's really never called. Um, unless, you know, maybe like more deservingly so. But I think more on the game, I'm just excited to see, you know, the Saints are coming off that great, you know, snatching kind of victory from the jaws of defeat win over the Texans and the Rams who made, I think, kind of hard work over the Carolina Panthers. You know, they were really, looked like they were kind of miles ahead and then 
the offense just sort of stuttered towards the end and the kind of Carolina got back in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's is this being played in Los Angeles or New it's Orleans? It's in Los Angeles. You know? Oh, okay. So change of scenery. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think that'll honestly affect it. Like, I'm not betting this game, but I probably would take the Rams. Yeah, well, that's why the Rams are kind of slightly favored. Yeah. So, okay. You want to talk about the uh, Eagles? Do I ever. Uh, Philadelphia is playing Atlanta for, I think, the third time in three years. Uh, Well, four times in three years, I think. Um, Under the... Doug Peterson regime. Um, Philadelphia is four and over against uh, Atlanta. Uh, the last one, I remember, the opening night um, after the Eagles have won the Super Bowl uh, and beating Atlanta in uh, the divisional round. So uh, these two teams are pretty familiar, uh, except, like you said, a new. Uh, scenery. So we're going down to Atlanta and playing the maybe good, maybe not good um, Falcons. Uh, I also think it'll it'll be really important uh, as an Eagle fan to think, you know, hey, did we, you know, did we work it hard enough in the off season to get back to the form, uh, you know, that that we're thinking, we're saying, and what a lot of you know pundits or or commentary. Uh, you know, we'll be a top five team or whatever, you know, if you, if you need to go wire to wire with the Washington team, that's not really inspiring. And I know that it was the first game. Um, but if you see uh, a similar slow start against Atlanta, you know, I think it's, uh, it's early, but still warranted concern. Um, the, the line again is kind of a, uh, coin toss. Uh, what are your thoughts on those? Um, I think the line's probably kind of fair, just given that going into the season, you know, the Eagles are touted as Super Bowl new contenders. A lot of people picked at least get to the Super Bowl, you know, if not win it, versus the Falcons, who just got, you know, really embarrassed by the uh, Vikings. So I'm actually going to be taking this as my upset pick, um, mostly because I think that that one and a half point line is all. If it was like Eagles at minus three, it probably wouldn't touch it. But I like that it's close enough. Also, the fact that it is in Atlanta. Um, so from someone who's had to play in Atlanta the past couple of years, it's a very tough place to play. They the Falcons just for whatever reason they play so much differently on in that field. You know, it's inside, it's turf. They just play faster. They play more like the Falcons that can score 40 points a game at any point they want. Yeah. Um, or the line moving in the Eagles' favor is more of a reactionary thing to what happened last week. I don't think the Falcons are that bad. Like they, They're they're not good, but they're not that bad. Yeah, I, um, I don't know, but I just feel like also in recent games that have mattered, the Eagles have kind of like you know owned the Falcons in, to an extent. They've owned them, but it hasn't been like it's been at Lincoln Financial. Oh, they've been they've been close. So the yeah, right, and that's the divisional I'm, one it, it, was pretty cold. Uh, and I, I 
15 to 10, I think, was ended. And then the uh, post-Super Bowl game. Week one opener, yeah. 18-12, only because uh, Julio dropped the final pass. I mean, it was as close as it gets. Like, I I just, I have a feeling we're going to see, like, a 60-yard Julio touchdown where he catches it maybe 15 yards off the line of scrimmage and just blows by everybody. Oh, you're telling me Jalen Mills is not going to get burned? Like I just thought, like there's no one in the in the Eagles secondary outside of Malcolm Jenkins who inspires hope, and Jenkins is not covering Julio Jones the whole game. He's a safety. Yeah, I mean he definitely doesn't have that speed, and he's not the same uh, size. Uh, and I saw a lot of weird lineups uh, with the with the Eagles last uh, the last game. Um, you know, you're you're seeing kind of the smaller. Quicker guys being covered by Rasul Douglas, who I think runs like a four six. You know what? Who thought that was a good idea? That's right. I see it going. Um, hate to see the sixteen and zero season get cut short at week two, but look, you can dare to dream. Nineteen and zero, boys. All right. Yeah. All right. That's it. I think is that a week one slash week two preview in the books? It sure is. There you go. Nice to have the kind of three musketeers back. Um, I mean, we should be shout out the Twitters and stuff at Ariars Podcast. Uh, I'm an Ethan L55. I'm a Quackatella. No, I'm not. I'm a Chips and Quack. Haha, <laughs> fooled myself. Um, I've also uh, made a, a change in names on Twitter. I'm now old Pavel Rosman. Yeah, when you hit 24, you become old. Um, also, I'll shout out Kevin Blue for the uh, tunes intro and outro. Uh, if you like the random sound effects and stuff, let us know. If you want us to talk about your team, maybe because we're going to be picking you with the kind of better games from the week. But if someone says, "Oh, hey, I'm a oh Jets fan," can you talk about why Sam Darnold sucks? Uh, yeah, we can do that. No worries. But just give us a heads up. Uh, yeah. Also, if you have anything else you just want us to talk about, like you saw something interesting in the game, you want us to break something down from a fan's perspective or as unconvincingly about football knowledge as we can, give us a shout. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you running a trap uh, against kind of a wide nine, you typically <laughs> wouldn't want to yeah, do all zone that kind of stuff. Basically, we're going to just play by the Madden and uh, whatever game flow says. All right. I... That's the show, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're out. See ya.